This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own Now time. you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics that you need to start your investing journey. Are you joining us for the very first time? Is this the very start of your investing journey? Well, before you dive into this episode with us, our feed is designed to go from the very beginning. So we strongly recommend that you scroll up and start at episode one. Here at Get Started Investing, we unpack all the jargon and the confusing bits. We hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating, and we want to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. I am excited for this episode um, because we get to talk about investing with <laughs> yes. friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nah, I, it, should, uh, it should be a good one because ETFs are hot topics for, across Whatever investor you are, whether you're a very beginner, all the way to the biggest hedge fund in the world. Remember when we looked at their holdings and all of their biggest holdings were just ETFs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so, so ETFs are super popular, but with this explosion of popularity has come so many choices and it's almost getting confusing at this point. We uh, we have a joke in here that at some point there'll be more ETFs than actual stocks listed on the stock exchange. Well, the trend is certainly going that way. Yeah. That's for sure. There are plenty of ETFs out there to choose from now and it can feel overwhelming. Yeah. And so we're going to try and unpack that choice in this episode because some of the old rules of thumbs that apply to ETFs, those lines are starting to get blurred and may no longer apply. But first, Bryce, we're excited about ETFs, but we're also excited about I couldn't think of a smooth transition there. Uh, <laughs> FinFest. We are excited about <laughs> FinFest, Ren. It is a massive week here for Equity Mates because tickets go on sale for our FinFest festival uh, in October here in Sydney. So uh, if you haven't yet registered for the event uh, and you want access to early bird tickets for only $37, make sure you are registered and you'll get an exclusive code sent to your inbox on uh, Thursday, the 9th of June. So head to equitymates.com slash FinFest to register um, and you will get exclusive access to a limited number of early bird uh, tickets. It's going to be an awesome day. We've got plenty of sessions that cover 
every level of experience in terms of uh, investing. So whether you are an absolute beginner or haven't even started or feeling like you're an expert and want to pick 10 baggers, we're going to have sessions that cover it all. And don't panic. It is not all investing chat. There's going to be plenty of entertainment, food, bars. It's just going to be a great day um, to celebrate investing and to catch up with the community. We Mm. are super, super excited. And so FinFest is powered by Stake. They're our major sponsor for the event. So thank you to them for helping us put it on. Go sign up. Uh, This is going to be the biggest thing that Bryce and I and the team here have done. Yes. It's going to make us or break us. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't break us, so make sure you come. (laughs) But look, uh, until we're broken, uh, let's keep keep talking investing. And the context for this discussion uh, and this episode was really a conversation we were having in the office about the number of ETFs out there and how the idea of passive ATFs and active ATFs, that distinction sort of no longer applies. Um, There's now a massive spectrum. And, you know, obviously people are looking at the market at the moment and potentially seeing some opportunity. Um, And so we thought this was a good time to just remind everyone of what's under the hood in an ATF. Love that. Yeah. I've been trying to get an under the hood video series yeah. off the ground for so long. <laughs> Bryce has visions of uh, actually getting a, like a prop car and uh, in like a mechanic shop. So any mechanics out there in Sydney, yeah. well, for Bryce, it probably has to be like the inner east of Sydney. He, he's not one to travel far. Uh, that is true. <laughs> but um, let's set the same, Bryce. Even in our time doing this podcast, the ETF wave has like, has just it's gone swept berserk. Yeah. It has absolutely gone berserk. You're right. We've seen an explosion of ETFs, not only here in Australia, but absolutely around the world. So uh, total assets under management, uh, in other words, how much money is invested in ETFs uh, at a global level is $11 trillion, which is just huge. Uh, but here in Australia, it's uh, not small, but it's $113 billion, Yeah, so not small. Not small. 1%, 1% of the globe. Yeah. I think we lag. Statista, is that how you yeah, pronounce yeah. it? Statista. St- yeah, so they do, that, that global number comes from them. 2020, 7 trillion, and then 2021, 10 and a half trillion. Wow. It's just like that. That's trillions of dollars flying in in one year. Wow. Yeah, like it only crossed the trillion dollar mark in 2009, so like coming out of the JFC, and then since then it has just 10xed in wow. a decade. I yeah. would like to say it's all the equity mates bump because the rise in the <laughs> investments of uh, ETFs coincides with when equity mates started in 2017. True, but true, true. Unfortunately, we can't. But anyway, there are also thousands of uh ETFs or um, exchange-traded products uh, listed globally, uh, close to 300 uh, here in Australia, so plenty to choose from. I tried to find how many exchange-traded products were listed globally, but I couldn't find a source for just that number, and I wasn't about to add up 196 stock markets. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) But I think think some, some I read in the thousands, some I read in the tens of thousands, which seems a lot, but I guess there's a lot of markets. So with this explosion of ETFs, a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, who <laughs> whatever knows? it is, there's a lot. Um, even just if we look in Australia, in the three hundred that are here, I think last year we did something where we the number in my head was two hundred forty two. It's it's pretty bang on, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's it's increased from there. And the year before, I found a source which it had just crossed two hundred. Um, so again, growing super quickly. 
And we all, when we think about ETFs, what's the first ETF you think of? I actually think of the Vanguard uh, A200, not Vanguard, Beta, Beta Shares A200. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. that's still, yeah. I, I think of like uh, those Vanguard ones that the FIRE community love. Yeah, yeah. Just the index based, you know, track the ASX 200, yeah. or track the S&P 500, yeah. or the all MSCI All World Index, all passive. World. Yeah. That in most people's mind is what an ETF is. I remember even when we were starting Equity Mates, that was a pretty safe assumption. If it was an ETF, it was passive, and then an LIC, a listed investment company, it was active. But that distinction no longer applies. And then the whole like passive v active no longer applies. There's no. a whole bunch of like semi-passive, somewhat active, passive aggressive um, ETFs out there. So that's where we want you to leave this episode with. But let's start with passive ETFs, Bryce. Yes. Um, the OG. Just most people are aware, but let's give it a quick 101. If people have just come to Equity Mates and are just um, just confused by how many times we said ETF in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, what are they? What are they, ETFs? Yeah. What defines a passive ETF? So, Ren, a, a passive ETF is one that essentially tracks an index. It doesn't pick stocks. That's in, in its basic form. It's a collection of stocks that make up an index. Mm. And you, in one simple investment, you can get access to that index. And the logic behind the passive ETF was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. And the time wasn't that long ago. And we kind of just take it for granted now. But what's the logic that in the sort of 60s and 70s led to this explosion of passive Passive investing. It comes down to that investors can make a great return out of just following the market. And you don't have to pick stocks, I guess, or th um, throw darts at a dartboard uh, to, to be a successful investor. Yeah. And, and it was started by a guy called uh, Jack Bogle. Mm, who's um, started who started Van Vanguard. Yeah, Vanguard. I think it's not just that you can make a lot of money passive investing. I think it was also that active managers didn't outperform over the long term mm -hmm. or like very few did. So why would you pay them to even try? Yeah. Because um, so many of them failed at it. There was a famous book, in 1973 book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street, uh, where they the author argues that a blindfolded monkey throwing darts at stock listings would do as well as the pros. Now, I don't know how they did like a double blind controlled s study for that, but um. That's that's sort of the movement that emerged. And that that holds true today. Like the data bears out that very few um, large cap fund managers outperform over the long term. Yeah, well, here's a stat that I actually pulled last night and I have found it. We were talking about this offline. So last over the last couple of years, we've seen a huge bull market. And for those that have just tuned in, that essentially means that uh, the market in general has been experiencing great growth and upward trajectory. And you would assume that a lot of professionals could do really well in a bull market. However, of all of nearly 4,000 active managers in the US, almost 60% underperformed against it, the market. Over what time period? Over that those two years of the bull market. So I know it's not a long term, but uh, it's just an yeah, indication yeah, it's interesting. that- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if we zoom out a little bit further, data from S&P Global from the 2010 decade, so 2010 to 2020, uh, fewer than 15% of active US large cap funds beat the market. Yeah. Yeah. And people will say, well, the market was near impossible to beat over the last decade because it was just Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. 
pushing the market higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And like that's a fair point. But so that that is the logic behind passive ETFs. And Vanguard was obviously right at the front of this revolution. But we've seen so many follow. Obviously, like Beta Shares has been a big Australian one. Vanek has come from overseas. BlackRock bought iShares. Um, State Street has SBDR, like the biggest asset managers in the world are right on the forefront of this ETF wave. Innovation, yeah. yeah. So some of the uh, more famous ones, Ren, that you mentioned uh, at the top of the show, we've got the MSCI All World Index. That's an index that tracks some extraordinarily like. 2,000 stocks or no more, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Huge broad rate base exposure. All world, it's not All world. world. (laughs) (laughs) Then you've got ETFs that track the S&P 500, the top 500 companies in the US. Then there's ETFs that track the NASDAQ 100, top 100 tech companies, the ASX 200, which is the top 200 companies here in Australia, and the FTSE 100, which are the top 100 companies over in the UK. So if we just pause there, that was the start of ETFs. That was that was the OG of ETFs, passive indexes. You just with we buy make one trade and you buy a little bit of the whole market. Yeah. In one trade you buy two, Australia's 200 biggest stocks. That was where ETFs started. Then we saw sort of the next shift in that evolution and that was thematic ETFs. Yes. So thematic ETFs what are they? So these are ETFs that give you uh, exposure to a mega trend or a thematics. So the underlying stocks that make up this ETF are all uh, involved in or built around the thematics. So for example, we're seeing mega trends around climate change at the moment. So there's ETFs that give you uh, exposure to a bunch of stocks that are you know, innovating in the climate change space. There's semiconductors, which we've spoken about on the show, companies that are involved in the manufacture distribution of semiconductors, robotics and global automation, cryptocurrency, you name it. Mm. The ETFs that are now uh, built and targeted for these mega trends and niches that mm. are, are appealing to investors. I'm saying that mega trend is the most overused word in investment <laughs> circle these days. And I, I am getting pretty sick of it. It's on my radar as an overused term, okay. just putting it out there. <laughs> ASX Investor Day, I know, uh, I know. everything was a mega trend. So well, like I think one of when our... everything is a mega trend, nothing is a mega trend. <laughs> well, I think one of our, um, yeah, anyway, FinFest. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to ban the word. We should ban the word, but it's in I one of our marketing material. <laughs> <laughs> a late ban. <laughs> so these thematic ETFs, importantly, are still passive. So you know, a robotics and global automation ETF, there isn't a fund manager making active buy and sell decisions. Rather, it follows an index that's created by a company like S&P. The the index is rebalanced every quarter. So just like your standard market passive index, that every quarter as stocks get bigger and smaller, they rebalance them. So it, it reflects what is happening in the market. These get rebalanced every quarter, but they're not active. And you mentioned some of the big themes, but there's, I reckon there's a thematic ETF for everything. You know, there's like global banks, there's agriculture. Mm. We used to play a game, um, fake or real ETFs. Yeah. And some of the thematic ones there were crazier. The one that I always remember was Slim. The ticker was Slim. Yeah. And it was the global obesity ETF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was tracking companies that would benefit from the world getting more obese and from people's efforts to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. That should be a session at FinFest, fake or real. Fake or real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so, so that was the sort of the next wave. When you're conceptualizing all of this choice in the ETF landscape, you have the first pillar is passive market indexes. And then the second one is passive thematics. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, now, here's a stat for you. By late 2019, passive strategies had swallowed up more than half of publicly traded assets in US equity funds. Wow. So passive is massive. Passive is huge. And what happened was over the fence, all of these active fund managers, these hedge fund managers and private uh, un like unlisted fund managers were looking at ATS and they're saying, I want a piece of that, mm. which introduces our third pillar, active ATFs. Oh, active ATFs, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, active ATFs. So, so active ETFs, um, this is where you actually have an investment team that chooses the stocks and they create the basket of stocks themselves and they actively manage that basket of stocks and you through one trade get access to this active management mm. so it's different to what ren said where there's a, a an index of stocks that are rebalanced only every three months or um half a year whenever it may be uh this active management is where or active ats is you have a team working behind the scenes to choose the stocks on your behalf yeah and they can buy and sell whenever they want as much as they want they there are there are some rules that govern like what their fund their funds rules are you know if they're an australian shares fund they'll only invest in australia but they're not passive they're active they're actively making buy and sell decisions there is a reason why AT, active atfs are good um it's because before the active atf there was the listed investment company and bryce has some incredibly strong feelings about lic so should we put two minutes on the clock and just let you rant i don't even think two minutes ran but <laughs> Listed investment companies in a simple explanation is where I'm investing in the company of a fund manager and the fund manager has their own business of managing funds. I think the, the simplest way to do it is uh, ra rather than Apple selling iPhones, imagine if Apple just had the money that it had and just was investing in stocks. You know, they were like, sack, our, sack our phone business, get rid of that. Um, we're just going to become stock market investors. And if you buy Apple shares, you're just backing Tim Cook to be a really good stock market investor okay, rather than a good phone now. maker. <laughs> sure. That's a listed investment company. That's a listed investment company. Um, my issue with it, though, is that uh, Apple might be incredibly good at, um, at investing and do really well. However, the stock price itself is still determined by the market. Yeah. So they could do... Uh, if no one likes Apple as a fund manager yet, they are really good at it, which would be which would be weird. But that is the reality. Their stock price won't perform. So just to uh, put a really simple work example, if Apple has a hundred dollars in share in, in in shares that it owns, with a listed investment company, its share price could be anything. It could be anything. eighty dollars. It could be four dollars. It could be one hundred and fifty dollars. It's whatever the market pays. But with an active ATF, if Apple has a hundred dollars in shares, yeah. the unit price is going to be a hundred dollars. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it just means that uh, for investors that want access to these fund managers, an active ATF is, I guess, like more directly correlated to their performance because it doesn't have the ebbs and flows of the market, market deciding yeah. the share price. So I think it's, it's a great innovation, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah. And like there are other reasons why active ATFs have made sense. Um, the traditionally if we wanted to get access to some of these superstar fund managers they had you know you had to have $25,000 mm, minimum mm, investment or $50,000 mm. minimum investment with an active ETF that goes away 
And it also means that like there's less paperwork and stuff. We mm. can just sell our units of an active ETF whenever we want rather than having to fill out eight pages of paperwork and mail it into a uh, a fund manager to get our units back. Yeah, I mean, we talk about making markets accessible here at Equity Mates and active ETFs definitely do mm. that in terms of getting the best investors in yeah. the world. But they have added to the confusion in the ETF space because the idea of an ETF now isn't just a passive vehicle as yeah. it started. There are now active fund managers. Yeah. And there are some really famous names who are doing that. So ARK Invest is probably the most famous of the last few years over in the US, Kathy Wood. Mm-hmm. Back here in Australia, Magellan, mm-hmm. um, Fidelity, Perpetual, like all of the big fund managers. Also like Vanguard and stuff, BetaShares, I'm pretty sure they now have active they ETFs do. as well. Yeah. 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 Generally, and this, when you're trying to figure out is my ETF active or passive, go on the website because it will be very clear. But also generally you see in the name of the ETF, if it says brackets managed fund, then it's a active ETF. Mm. This is my call out to the ASX. You should have clear naming conventions so people aren't as confused. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of bones to pick with the ASX, so we might uh, pick it up. <laughs> we might pick that up later. But Ren, uh, we're going to ha- take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take uh, just uh, redefine some of the key differences between active and passive so that it's very clear. Uh, talk about some hybrids and then close out with what our key takeaways are from uh, from all of this Uh, explosion of growth in the ETF space. So let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Ren, we, uh, we've covered a fair bit of ground. So let's just take a, a bit of a pause and just be very clear about passive and what it means and active and what it means for those that still feel like uh, a little bit confused and overwhelmed. Yeah. So passive, they do not pick stocks. Uh, they follow a index. They follow some, someone else tells them what they have to buy and how much of it they have to buy and then they just hold that. They rebalance that at the end of every quarter or six months. They don't try and outperform the market. They just take whatever the market gives them and they generally have lower fees. Mm. So that's passive. It's just buy and hold and get whatever the market does. Then there's active and they have an investment team picking stocks. They are buying and selling those stocks whenever they want. They do this. They're active because they want to outperform the market. But because they have to hire more people and they have to do more analytical work, uh, they generally have higher fees. Mm. That's the distinction that has sort of existed for the last few years. There's passive and there's active. But now what we're saying, Bryce, to just get make it a little bit more confusing for people like you and I is that there are now funds that blur the line between active and passive. A quote from Morningstar, passively managed products are coming out increasingly with active options and actively managed products rely on increasingly sophisticated sets of passively derived data sources. And then from Bloomberg, rather than black and white choice, active is getting more passive and passive is getting more active. 
What the? What the? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of jargon there. I think, firstly, um, it's not bad news that what we're saying here, I think, is the key takeaway. So don't feel like that um, it, what we're about to jump into is a, oh my gosh. Well, I don't think we're going to jump. I think we're just going to dip our toes in the water. Just yeah. This should just be a be aware. Be aware. Because um, there are 300 names, if you Google ASX ETF, uh, that could come up. Yeah. And they're just not all the same. Yeah. And so hopefully this episode helps you understand what you want because then you can navigate it a little bit more effectively. Yeah. As with everything, uh, you know, there's always innovation and we're now seeing it appear in the ATF space beyond just passive and active. And, and you mentioned there, Ren, that uh, we are seeing some new concepts emerging in PASAG. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, passive-aggressive. <laughs> passive Is that aggressive. It's a passive-active? Passive-active, um. PASACT. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you might see some ETFs that fall under the direct indexing and from memory, direct indexing is rather than invest in an index... Uh, they actually buy the components of the index. Is that- yeah, and then and you then- can like exclude things. Yeah, it's, yeah. so you're not. So just it's like I want exposure. It's like I want exposure to the ASX 200, but I don't want the bank. It's sack, yeah. So I think top. you can like really personalize it as well. There's, it, it's not big in Australia. There is a company that I haven't looked into at all, but I just saw it when I was searching. Nucleus Wealth just okay. launched direct indexing in Australia. No idea about them, but it's coming but there's also like um super niche thematic etfs or like like your slim one for example yeah yeah Yeah. and some of them might be passive but then they might be active factor investing which is where um you know like you might say i want stocks that show more growth characteristics Mm. so i only want stocks that are going to grow their revenue at 20% a year or or something. And that might be a growth factor. Mm. And then there's like a niche ETF that only gets those ones. Mm. Strategic beta, like there's just a bunch of jargony buzzwords that are now coming into the ETF space that is sort of blurring that line between active and passive. Mm. And there are some, some examples that have listed in Australia, both Vanguard and BlackRock have a factor, multi factor ETF. So there's some that are sort of blurring that line a little bit more. So yeah. there's that. So there's that. <laughs> so look, I don't think we need to go too far into no. it. I, I think the reason we wanted to do this episode is because when we were chatting about it in the office, it was clear that a lot of the rules of thumb that we learned when we were starting investing, and we didn't even start that long ago, no. are no longer really applying. Yeah. So the idea that ETFs are passive is throw that out the window. The idea that there's a clear distinction between active and passive, throw that out the window. Um, And instead, what you should not throw out the window is the idea that only invest in something that you understand. And if the ETF has a whole bunch of buzzwords and jargon in the title that you don't get, throw that out the window or take the time to to know what it means. I think the one thing that holds with ETFs, no matter what it is, passive, active or active, is to always look under the hood. Yes. yes. <laughs> always look under the hood. It's uh, And what we mean by that is go to the website of the ETF, have a look at the page of the ETF, have a look at the companies under it, have a look at how much they're charging in management fees, get an understanding of what this ETF is mm. to Ren's point. You need to understand what you're investing in. Um, it, just because it's easy to invest in ETFs, there's so many now you need to understand what it's trying to achieve. You know what the the really confusing part of the market is? And 
it opens a whole can of worms. Don't do it. No, nah, I think it's worth saying is anything related to climate or ESG mm-hmm. because we've sort of spoken about a spectrum of ETFs. We've talked about the passive market ETFs, yeah. then the passive thematic ETFs, then the sort of blurred lines, maybe factor, maybe a little bit more managed ETFs and then active ETFs. And there will now there are now like climate and ESG ETFs that go across that whole spectrum. There are some that just buy the market but exclude the worst companies like tobacco makers and stuff like that. There'll be a thematic index that someone else makes that follows like climate leaders yeah. that they'll passively follow. Yeah. Then there are some that might be a little bit more actively managed. And then there are like full-blown actively managed um, sustainability funds that are buying and selling and you know got teams of analysts. And they all will, when you look them up on the ASX website, will all have similar enough names to be confused. So that's probably a space where it's um, it's going to be really obvious that there's a lot of products that sound similar but are managed in different ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, anyway, it's a it's a big <laughs> it's a big world out there of investing. A lot of uh, a lot of jargon to kind of get your head around. And I but- think I think the unfortunate thing is we can't say like if you want a passive sustainability ETF, here's what you should look at. Yeah. But there are people that are licensed that can so. Um, obviously, financial advisors are out of reach and difficult to access and expensive to access. Um, but th- this is where, if you're confused, uh, at least try and reach out to a financial advisor and see if they can help. That's it. Yeah. That's it. All right, Ren. Well, it's uh, always a pleasure to chat um, stocks with you. I, th- I hope that we've been able to shed some light uh, and and help you listening along at home understand a bit more about the world, the exploding world of ETFs. And it's a trend that is highly likely to continue in the future as more and more funds uh, become uh, diverted and pushed into into ETFs and more retail investors come into the space. Mm. So, And I guess the final thought is like you could just ignore it all if you want to. Like especially the the fire community they buy two ETFs. Yes. The what is it VAS and VTS or something? Yeah. Yeah, uh if I got those wrong apologies, but yeah, you, you don't you don't have to know all of this. You can just have the ones that work for you and sleep well at night. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So if you didn't listen to our episode over on Equity Mates Investing Podcast yesterday, we chatted with Roger Montgomery, who is uh, the Chief Investment Officer at uh, Montgomery Investment, all about his thoughts on the current market conditions. We're trying to get through uh, a lot of the experts that are friends of the show to uh, help get an understanding of how they're thinking about it. So make sure you go and check out Equity Mates Investing Podcast. Similarly, we've got plenty of podcasts in the network to cover your investing journey. If you're looking for an understanding of the macro environment and business conditions, Comedian V Economist is another great one. This might be a little bit self-serving given that we were on it, but last week on The Dive, we spoke about Justin Timberlake's $100 million payday. Yes. If you want to know how he got $100 million and what he had to do for it and what it tells us about the music industry more generally, the business of music or the investment case for music, uh, go and listen to that on The Dive's feed. Yes. Check it out. I loved doing that episode. Uh, but Ren, FinFest, equitymates.com slash FinFest. Make sure you're registered. Tickets go on sale this Thursday, the 9th. You have to be on the list to get access, exclusive access to Early Bird. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be pay- paying standard price, which is still going to be incredibly accessible. It'll be so, worth it. But yeah. you'll always be like, why didn't I just sign up to that email yeah. list? Like what what was I so busy with that I couldn't have been an Early Bird? Exactly. Yeah. And the 20% you'll save on Early Bird compounded over 10 years is going to be 
potentially your retirement fund. So. It's going to be enough to buy a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the metaverse. <laughs> anyway, Ren, it's great to chat and we'll uh, pick it up next week. Nice. Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.